Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, we both, as we rarely have the same story, bringing the same story. I think this is because it hit close to home. But the, I don't, and I guess maybe it happened since the last time we talked was that Neil Young said that he wanted off Spotify. It was him or Joe Rogan. And as probably the most popular talk show host in the world right now, I'm guessing they're not, they clearly did not pick Neil Young. Now, they took Neil Young's music off at his request. And of course, the media framed it as Neil Young had his music removed from Spotify as though they didn't choose Rogan over him. But the aftermath of that is what I find interesting about all of this. And that is other artists have since asked for their music to be removed. Artists that I'm sure some people are familiar with. I know one of them is in Bruce Springsteen's band. I had never heard of any of them. Joni Mitchell? What is the guy? I don't know the guy's name. No, Joni Mitchell is a... Surely you've heard of Joni Mitchell. No, I never heard of him. Oh, I have a great meme for you when you're finished. Yeah, I had no idea who any of the ones were that actually requested that they be moved. I know there were a bunch of artists that it was trending on Twitter who said they were saying that these famous artists also asked for theirs to be removed, but none of it was true. So it was a bunch of disinformation, disinformation actually, because it's intentional. But there were a few other... David Crosby said that he didn't want his music on there. However, he doesn't own the rights to it anymore, so there's nothing he could do. There's there's an alt-rock band from the 90s who they didn't remove theirs. They just put delete Spotify, an image that said that on their page. And then they said, well, it's really complicated to remove it, so we're not going to remove it. We're just going to put delete Spotify (laughs) on there. Others said that they support the move, but didn't actually remove it. The the Songwriters Organization of North America came out in support, as did Howard Stern. And the World Health Organization came out in support of Neil Young. And here's what they said in a tweet. The World Health Organization chief tweeted that We all have a role to play to end this pandemic and infodemic. Thank you, Neil Young, for standing up against misinformation and inaccuracies around COVID-19 vaccination. Public and private sector, in particular, social media platforms, media, individuals, we all have a role to play to end this pandemic and infodemic. So public-private partnership you know, call for uh, from the World Health Organization and maybe the biggest, biggest name of all who came out in support of Neil Young was exclusive Spotify podcasters, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. (laughs) Oh, did they did they remove their exclusive podcast? No, they didn't. They don't actually produce podcasts. They just got millions upon millions of dollars to produce them. Although they're not producing podcasts, yet they're coming out saying that through their foundation, they made a statement, expressing their concerns about this vaccine misinformation that is allowed on on this platform that their armchair expert podcast, that's the name of their podcast, is on. Oh, my gosh, that's terrible. That just that in itself is trying to discredit podcasts. Wait, excuse me. That's not the name of this podcast that they were they were. They were criticizing that podcast, so I want to okay. clarify. They read that wrong. Yes, but who cares what Meghan and Harry say? They're <laughs> propagandist from the UK. Nobody cares. Don't care at all. But can I? Yes. Can I say I'm not? I mean, there's. But I just it's pertinent to give you this meme that I was going to bring anyway because of your response to my Joni Mitchell question. So the meme is under thirty. Who is Neil Young? Between thirty and sixty. 
Neil Young is still alive and people <laughs> over 60 what's Spotify? Yeah, yeah. And it really it really encapsulated what my problem what my issue was which is there's no overlap between I actually speculated and my husband was like yeah no chance but that it was possible that Neil Young could get more money just making people buy his albums and but but my husband said there's absolutely no chance on earth. However, I did then go and look and see if Neil Young had a deal with Sirius and there is a Neil Young radio on Sirius channel right now so it's it's possible that if he's exclusive he gets more money i don't think that's it i don't i don't i mean ukjj speculated on our locals channel that this gives rogan all sorts of credibility without really costing anybody anything because who cares about neil young you know well there's a couple of things that i think not everybody realizes about spotify spotify over the past couple of years this was a a statement they released a few years ago and they have moved forward with this strategy they've had a grand plan to make podcast their central driving like that's what they do so moving not necessarily abandoning music but moving towards podcasting like there's an article from from i think this 2019 spotify's grand plan for podcasts is taking shape exclusive shows better discovery lots of ad money there's other articles about how spotify and apple have completely taken over the podcast world so music is secondary to to spotify and they're making that crystal clear. So they're driving that point home. Yeah. That's interesting. And then another, our other JJ had a tweet that I liked, which was he tweeted an article or a headline that had Neil Young. Um, and the headline was Neil Young has a history of fighting against big corporations. So JJ Boogie said, now try, now do big pharma. And of course, right, it's it's only truth to power if you're taking on the actual power. Yeah, instead of supporting the actual power. Now, there was a statement released by Spotify about changes they're going to make, if you'd like to hear what those are. Oh, yeah, I have that. We have the same okay, story. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, go ahead. Well, yeah, they said that there's people with a wide variety of views on their platform, and they don't want to be the arbiters of truth or whatever. But they said, however, based on feedback, because of what's happened over the last couple of weeks, it's become clear that they do have an obligation to provide more balance and access to widely accepted information from the medical and scientific communities. And what they did in order to do that is they're taking the following steps. And here are the, the two pertinent steps is... One, they are publishing their platform rules. So they're making their platform rules more transparent, where a lot of platforms are not very transparent. And then the other one is they're putting a new content advisory on the podcast that talk that have discussions about COVID-19 that directs listeners to their dedicated COVID-19 hub. Are they going to insert that as audio? I'm not sure how they're putting that yeah, in. Yeah, I, I didn't see. I couldn't tell either. And I'm a little worried because... We just, I actually wanted to tell people this because folks were looking for us on our Libsyn page and our Libsyn page isn't updating anymore because we have a Megaphone page now. So Megaphone is owned by Spotify. And I mean, it's only a matter, I don't think Libsyn was going to be a safer place for us, but now I'm really worried because our, one of our first things that we uploaded to the new platform was Dr. Hershorn, which got us a strike on YouTube. Well, yeah. I, I do. I have a little bit of worry, or I did before, but since I've seen some of the podcasters that are on Spotify still, I'm not worried. Yeah. And we, we don't do a lot of the health stuff. Some people really hit that hard, and I admire the people who do, but that's just, we've never really been a, a one topic. Like, our whole thing is the breadth of topics, so if they're going to 
I mean, we're not, it's not even in every show that we would say something, but I don't know how they will screen for it. But I, I read the guy's statement and it looked like he was going to try to keep keeping it open. I think he's seems to not be totally trying to get people to like him for censoring. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that wasn't the sense I got. But on, I noticed a little censorship moment on my Twitter feed today. I didn't never, I never realized this, but if you go, I, I think I have 50,000 tweets and I never realized this on, on the mobile Twitter app, like on your own profile. If you look in the upper right hand corner on your pictures up there on your, on your profile page, there's a teeny little search button and it will search your feed. Like I always had to do hacks to find my own feed stuff in my own feed, but you can actually search your own feed, which I don't know if you've ever done that, but it's very helpful. I never even saw that before. So I immediately tried to search a vaccine and I didn't want to write vaccine with an E or vaccinate or vaccination because I didn't know I wanted to get all of my things that had that in. So I put V-A-C-C-I-N and every single category of search, people, top, latest, news, all of that all came down with none of my tweets, but the warning to go to the Department of Health and Human Services. And <laughs> really? somebody pointed out that if I had written the whole word that I was like vaccine or vaccination, it would have come out like, but I did that and I did get my tweets, but it's still said at the top, like go to Department of Health and Human Services. And I just wonder if that would be true for absolutely everybody or just people like me who they don't like my opinions. That's a good question. So uh, in more kind of, you know, speaking of vaxes, what the hell? Why I saw there's a headline on Wall Street Journal, the front page of Nadal. What's up with that? So Nadal, the tennis player, I usually don't cover tennis stories. Right. But I'm covering this one. Nadal won the Australian Open, and this was a significant win, not just because he won, but because this was his record-breaking 21st Grand Slam men's title. Who was he tied with? He was tied with Novak Djokovic. Who was I was not, wondering. Yes, he I was, was like, not, I think that was Novak's. It, as soon as Nadal, stat. right, exactly. That's how Novak was going into the Australian Open before all the vaccine stuff. People were talking about how Novak Djokovic is going to have the opportunity to win his record-breaking twenty-first men's Grand Slam title. So the two of them were tied, and these two have. According to my research here, one of the greatest tennis rivalries in history. I know Nadal and Federer, Federer, I think is his name. They were a big rivalry before these two became a a big rivalry. And these two have played 58 times. Because my my question when I saw that Nadal won was a couple of things. Nadal's pro-vaccine, I'm almost certain because I remember some of the articles. And I looked it up and Nadal is very much pro-vaccine. He criticized Djokovic saying he knew the rules. So if he was vaccinated, he could play. And my second question was, does Nadal, is Nadal better than Djokovic is it does it been would Nadal have been favored or, or Djokovic Djokovic was favored going into the Australian Open he was number one the two have played 58 times and of the 58 times they've played N- Nadal has won th- Nadal has won 28 and Djokovic has won 30 and but the Australian Open, they've played twice before. Djokovic is up two to nothing on the Australian Open. Uh-huh. And the Australian Open, which is on hard courts. When yeah. they've played on hard courts, Djokovic has beaten Nadal 20 times to Nadal winning seven times. So he's dominated on hard right. courts, which seems he most likely would have would have won unless something would have happened. So being pro-vaccine, 
definitely favored yes. Nadal. Now, I don't know if it was rigged, but right. I'm suspicious. You know, you get you get the best player out that could have beat you. It's definitely an advantage. Right. And if both of them, I, I don't have any reason to think that, but if you wanted to be down the rabbit hole, you could say Novak's was like, okay, you know, it's not Nike promised them something in the future or whatever by saying, hey, like just basically take a dive on this by making your your Novak stand a big, big deal. Like get get there, make it a scene. If you'll play along with the PR we need around this issue. Yeah. And then you'll get benefited later. I don't know. But it just was weird to me that it. That it was such a PR nightmare. Well, you know, that's a great point because tennis is very much an international sport. And to have Nadal as the representative being the guy who is the record holder for the most men's Grand Slam titles is definitely more favorable to the narrative they'd like to push because he's vaccinated, pro-vaccine, than a guy not being vaccinated holding that title. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know where the politics would have begun and ended and who was in on it. But my guess is it played out just this way for that very reason. Like you just said, like it's they yeah, had I think so, too. Guy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So but speaking of vaccines, get this. So I saw the big headline when I was scouring the news this morning was Spike Vax, Spike Vax gets full FDA approval. That's Moderna's Moderna's coronavirus (laughs) vaccine. Moderna's is the first time a Moderna product has won FDA approval. Now, I'm looking at it. I'm like, Spike Vax? Have you ever heard of Spike Vax? That's just a... a not the best name, in my opinion. I don't, who no, wants it's to get after a the spike, spike vax? protein, not after the fact that it spikes you. Right. I was going to say, why don't I call it jabby jab? Yeah, call it ouch. Call it ouchy. <laughs> ouchy vax. So uh, I immediately noticed the community is a weird name. I never heard of spike vax. And it was just talking about how it's the second fully approved whatever. And I'm thinking, yes, but the other fully approved one is not available in the United States. So the whole thing, I don't know if people understand this about Comirnaty and Pfizer and Moderna and Spikebacks, but so I looked to see if it was the same thing where Comirnaty and the Pfizer vaccine are legally distinct. And the one that is Comirnaty is called Comirnaty is the one that has FDA approval and it is only available in Europe. The one that you get here from Pfizer is not Comirnaty. It is not for legal purposes. For medical purposes, it's considered the same, but for legal purposes, it isn't. And I looked up to see if Moderna was the same and it didn't spell out exactly like that, but it did say that spike facts and the Moderna vaccine can be used interchangeably for medical purposes. It didn't say that legally distinct thing, but I think that's the truth. And this is so I found. I, I was trying to figure out why I knew there was some like liability reason, and I found an article by Steve Kirsch. Have you ever heard of Steve Kirsch? The name Kirsch sounds, sounds familiar, familiar, right? Yeah. So I. Clicked through to try to find who this guy was. It was just an uh, an article on the burning platform. But it ends up he's a tech guy who made the optical mouse. So I guess he's the guy who like made it so you could do the mouse with your eyes. And about 15 years ago or so, he was diagnosed with some um, terminal and extremely rare blood cancer. And he went all out trying to figure out how to live with it, how to extend his life, how to cure it, whatever. So he got really into medical stuff. And then when COVID came around, he founded um, a charity to get COVID early 
treatment options. And he discovered that the early treatment options, I think fluvoxine, fluvoxamine, the one that's kind of like, uh, it was kind of like um, Prozac. It's slightly different from Prozac, but Prozac does it too. Oh, fluvoxamine. So he noticed that that the early treatment or other kind of cures were being suppressed, even by the people I think that he was working with. And what he, this article I read, which I linked below in the show notes, said that the way it works is, and I knew this from, from when we interviewed Wayne Rohde, but it was very clearly delineated in Kirsch's article, which is this. If a vaccine has is approved for children and pregnant women it is subject it is protected by that vaccine um liability protection that you cannot sue a vaccine company and then if anybody is injured it comes out of this fund the vaccine adverse effects injury fund i forget what it's called and that is paid for i think by taxes on the vaccine but the vaccines are mandated. So those are taxes that you're paying, not because you want the vaccine, but you kind of have to get them. I'm talking about childhood vaccines. So paradoxically, ones that are approved for children and pregnant women are the ones that are protected from liability. You know, the ones that get even more exposure than anybody else. And so if the Pfizer vaccine is not yet approved for children or pregnant women, it is for pregnant women or EUA anyway, then it won't be protected like that. So they, they're they fine with letting it be approved in Europe because they have whatever, I guess that's a different scheme. But here they can't enjoy, they have to operate under the EUA for liability protection until kids are approved. So they don't want full approval on their U.S. stuff until it's fully kid approved. So he went on to say that that's why they're pushing so hard to get the vax out to kids and that they actually have two different formulas where they do trials with a formula that's really, quote, effective, but it's stronger and has safety issues. And then they actually pushed out to the public a weaker vaccine that doesn't really work, but that's okay because kids don't really get it. But that because it's so diluted, it can it is unlikely to cause safety issues. So who knows what would happen if they actually got full approval. But I have a feeling it's the same thing with the spike facts. I don't think I explained that exactly right. But I mean, I did it right, but not clear. Yeah, I got it. I, I did hear a little okay. bit about about that. The Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's it's hard to totally get your mind around. And the only reason I'm citing Kirsch's article is that it was crystal clear in his article, and he does a lot of work with the health stuff. Uh, but it isn't like I got that out of, you know, the FDA. It's not. It's hard to actually pin that stuff down in the official documents, of course. Yeah. And then I had one more line on the. A couple of things, real quick. The optical mouse is just that mouse that has that red laser coming from the bottom of it. It's oh not, really? Yeah. Yes, I thought that at first, and then I figured, no, that can't be what it is. Yeah. It just it means like instead of like a wireless mouse. Yeah, basically. Right. I mean, okay. there's I think there's other kinds of wireless mouse, but that's the one you see with the little look like a little laser pointer coming from the bottom of your yeah, mouse. Yeah. Okay. Good. Thank you for that. And Spike Vax, 
that is even though it's kind of a strange name i can you already have a lot of opportunity for advertising with that name that you don't have with comernity because the name sticks in your head you can have a lot of football associations a lot of you know you know what it means yeah yeah so i think that even though that is a that's probably a good marketing move for them for the way they can promote it well who knows if they'll ever they certainly aren't going to I mean, I would think it would be unlikely they promote it here because it's not available here. And they not don't yet. want you to have it here because if they if you use that here, they're liable for it. So they don't want you to use it here. They won't allow you to use it here is my my. Yeah, view. well, it's maybe then they should have picked sketchy. a name you can't remember then. Yeah, maybe. But he anyway, this guy seems legit. And I just thought his story was interesting. Kirsch. And he's been totally demonized, even though he was a darling, obviously a liberal establishment guy up until this happened in his experience over the past year or two. He's rubbed elbows on some people I think might with some people I think might be taint agents, but whatever. Yeah. And the people who are criticizing him are using the mouse, most likely, that he helped create. To create. Yeah. To Click on their little where they're going to slam him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you want to do one more or should yeah, we? I can hit you with one more. Okay. Uh, it's happened. Finally, we knew it was going to happen because we actually did a story about this a couple of years ago. I made a video about the groping in the virtual world. And now some stories have emerged today. There's a woman who claims she was gang groped in the metaverse, virtually groped by a gang of male avatars in the Meta's Metaverse. Her name is Nina Jane Patel, and she wrote in a Medium post that she was verbally and sexually harassed by three or four male avatars in Meta's Horizon venues. There's my first red flag. How do you not know if it's three or four? Which one is it? Is it three mm. or is it four? It should it shouldn't be so hard to tell. You know, are you blinded by the harassment where you just can't see <laughs> what's going on? And this is a woman. She's from London. She said that within one minute of joining the virtual lobby in on Meta, that male avatars began harassing her. Also, something that throws up a red flag because I've tried that thing out before. It's weird, and I can see where people can harass, but within one minute, nobody even knows what they're doing yet. It's just people right. are just. It's weird, and. She said but that maybe they were already in there. I'm sure they were already in there, but I, I have not seen anything on there. Maybe it's there where as soon as somebody spawns in. So if you play something like Grand Theft Auto, as soon as you spawn into the game, there's other players that just wait to kill you. So if you don't know how to play the game, it can be really frustrating because you just get murdered over and over and over <laughs> and over again. It's just ridiculous. Here, I've not seen that in the metaverse where guys are just waiting there just to start groping avatars right when they spawn in. Yeah, but how maybe, often are, are avatars grope-worthy? What are avatar look like? I, well, I've never seen an avatar that wasn't sexy, if you know what I mean. They, they all look really super weird. They, they're very animated and cartoonish, and they're, some of them are robots. I mean, was and, she Jessica Rabbit or what? Yeah, maybe she had just, maybe she went in there butt naked <laughs> with an avatar. She made the sexiest avatar anybody's uh, ever made. A Britney Spears Instagram post? Yeah she, yeah, she modeled it after Britney's Instagram page. <laughs> Definitely. But she said that she tried to flee the virtual world, but... She had to actually tear the VR headset off of her head in the ordeal. It was that traumatic and that she's been suffering from anxiety ever since. And <laughs> In the real world? She's anxious in the real world? That's what she says. But here's the catch to this story. She works for a rival ha, ha, ha. metaverse company. 
So there you hey, go. Can we see a recording of her metaverse experience? I would love to see that because you can do that. So I would love to see. A re- yeah, I would love to see a recording <laughs> of what happened. But here's what she does. She's a vice president of a research for a rival metaverse. So I'd say she has a little bit of incentive. She's a v- research. Yes. She's literally it was opposition research. Uh, she's opposition she research. Literally opposition research. And she did not use the platform's reporting tools, which allows you to block, mute, or report anyone who is near them or harass use. So I say this is BS, but this is what we're going to see. We're going to see. This is just like the hashtag me too version of the metaverse. It's already come to the metaverse. All right. Before we get to our deepest dive of the day, where we will try to get to the bottom of the promise Palantir Pegasus continuum, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR, which is how Stacey Abrams demonstrates the third worlding of America and a new BBC channel seeks to capture the minds of the young. But before we get to that, I want to thank the sponsor of today's show, The Rye Guys. Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you. Do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and Rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, share a laugh, and enjoy great Great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So stop by today at www.ryguys.com. That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S.com. Ryguys.com. The Rye Guys. A rye wit for today's shit. Ryguys.com. Promo code Prop 10 to get a discount for Propaganda Report. Listeners, check them out today. And if you guys want more content or you don't like hearing the ads or you just want to support the show, you can join us on Patreon. On Patreon, you can go over there, patreon.com slash propaganda report and check out our tiers and find the one that is right for you. We offer bonus content every weekday. We give you ad-free Drive Time News Blast XR, which is 50 minutes Monday through Thursday. As I said, ad-free and sometimes even Friday. We have grad... We sometimes Sometimes we have grab bags, we have sometimes interviews, we even sometimes do early releases or guest appearances, and we occasionally do a patron-only Q&A. And you get all that premium content for as little as $7 a month. So check it out, find the tier that's right for you, give it a shot, you don't like it, then you can cancel it the next month. That's prop. That's patreon.com slash propaganda report. Check it out. Now on to our final story of, now on to our deepest dive of the day. Which is also our final story of yes, the day. It is. But I think I've been pretty consistent in delivering the deepest dive. I was worried about that. There were two things I wanted to do for 2022. One was I wanted to take one story and go deep with it, like we used to do on the WSB show. And then I also wanted to do a positive story every day. And I feel like I can only ever do one thing at a time until I have the muscle memory. And I, yes. so I did the deep dive first, but I think I've got it. So maybe we'll get to the, the, uh, the deep dive is just a matter of doing the work, the positive stuff. You can't, you can't, oh, you can dig and dig. You can't always find the real It doesn't make the headlines. Stuff. It doesn't make the headlines. That's right. Exactly right. So anyway, 
Um, although I don't think we're too negative today. Anyway, but the the story I wanted to tell you about, I, it was something that we talked about previously, and I wanted, I promised to do a little deep dive on it because I really wasn't familiar with it. But how familiar are you with the Pegasus, the Pegasus scandal, the Pegasus software? Have you? Do you recall hearing about that? I was in the dark. Well, we mentioned it last week on a story related to data collection, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So what it is, is it's a, if I understand it correctly, it's owned by a company called NSO, I think, out of Israel. And it is a software that can hijack your phone, basically. It can do, it's best suited to Apple, but it can also do Android. And it's a, they have elevated it to a zero click technology. So that's why they call it Pegasus because it just flies through the air and crawls up into your phone and it goes through iMessage and WhatsApp. And so it doesn't, you don't even know it's there. You never had to click it. It was never, didn't have to fish you or whatever, spear you or whatever. And it can hijack your entire phone basically it can get all of your all the data that's on your phone it can actually turn on your camera it can turn on your mic it can get your history it can get your contacts it can get everything basically and what they do with it is they sell it to sovereign countries for their own spying and that is what it bears a lot of similarities between the promise software. So I don't know if you remember this whole story about Robert Maxwell. We've talked about it before, but the bottom line is that there was a U.S. company called Promise and it was a person, a guy who created the software so that different law enforcement agencies could gather information from each other, even if they had different software systems that they kept their records on. And he was never going to like have it have gain of function. He wanted to keep it within like the privacy laws and stuff like that. So the I think it was the CIA. It was some government entity, the Department of Defense, maybe basically stole it from him, sold it to or let Robert Maxwell steal it on behalf of the Israeli government. And the Israeli government not only gave it some gain of function stuff generally and sold it under false pretenses to sovereigns, the pretenses being that they owned it and had the right to sell it, which they didn't, but they put a backdoor in it that allowed the Israeli government intelligence to piggyback on whatever the sovereign nation did. So if the U.S., so this Pegasus was found on nine phones of the U.S. State Department. So, and the FBI has a relationship with Pegasus. They say they mothballed it, but I highly doubt that they only did it. They only even bought it in the first place in 2019, from what I could tell. So if Pegasus is like promise, and I think it probably is, even though they don't bring it out, they, the guy who it's not a supposedly it's not a government program it was invented on a kibbutz, but I think it is. I mean, I, I think it's impossible to believe that it's, that it operates without the Israeli government's cooperation. But so if you have that on nine state department phones and say the Israeli government or any other government would have a backdoor to that. So yes, the FBI is using it or the U.S. government is using it, but Israel would get all that too. And if they're doing that in every country in the world, can you imagine the advantage they would have if they want to cause trouble, if they're doing it on the Ukraine, Germany, Russia thing right now, it would be pretty amazing. And it it's so it's uh, in short, 
as of 2022, is capable of reading text messages, tracking calls, collecting passwords, location tracking, accessing the target device's microphone and camera, harvesting information from apps, and it is widely regarded as, this is the last thing I'll say, or one of them, the most potent spyware capable of reliably cracking the encrypted communications of iPhone and Android smartphones, and they've been doing that since 2011. And I would like to know how they, the Apple and the U.S. government could possibly pretend that they were not able to hack into the phones of the San Bernardino, whatever, those people who were framed in San Bernardino as terrorists. Remember, that's how they come out and say, oh, we need to deal with this backdoor. We need a backdoor. We couldn't get into this terrorist phone. They definitely could have because that that happened only a few years ago, and they've had this capability since 2011 you know maybe maybe they didn't have the zero click thing but there's no doubt in my mind they could have used something like this on that uh and what are the odds that jeffrey epstein and galen maxwell had access to this technology yeah i mean given their connection to robert maxwell who was the first one to have it so and and there is one, I believe this is Pegasus and not Palantir, but one of those two, I believe it's Pegasus, has something called Phantom, which allows American law enforcement and spy agencies to turn your target smartphone into an intelligence goldmine. Um, and Bold End is a competitor to that, and that is a Peter Thiel company. Now, Peter Thiel is given credit for Palantir, which is the CIA's version, I would say, of an extended promise. I'll tell you about that piece of the puzzle in the XR. Fantastic. Because because Palantir got quite a foothold because of COVID. I'll tell you about that. Oh, yeah. So we got any shout outs you want to do? I have a shout out to Joe in Long Island. Do you want to tell the people you want to? Should we demonstrate? Do you have it ready? Let me talk. I do. I have it ready. Okay. This is the only exception we ever make to the no clips policy. And I think we've only made this exception one time when I think Andrew got us on Tim Pool. And actually, somebody else gave us a... A no agenda. Yeah, we got a no agenda agenda one. Yeah, that's right. And I never found out who that was, I think. But this is... Joe in Long Island uh, gave us a lovely... Shout out on Coast to Coast Radio. Can you imagine? Let's that's a big one. That I think that's the number one radio show in the country, really, if you think about it. And you know who sent it in is our good friend. I'm just going to call her the queen. We met her in Neighbors. Love her to death. I've put her pictures of her loofah gourds and such much on our newsletter, which the February newsletter is going to be out tomorrow. Uh, her mom was listening to Coast to Coast Radio and heard us and cut the clip and sent it to us. So shout out to all y'all. Let's hear it. Talk about great audiences. Here we go. Let's go to Joe, Long Island, New York. Get us going here, Joseph. Go ahead. Hey, Cyrus. I just want to bring up two things briefly. Uh, first, where I heard this was from the Propaganda Report podcast from Monica Perez, who's actually a Harvard lawyer who is reinventing herself as a reporter. Uh, but she said that the planes, uh, when they land, use a backward thrust as well as the brakes. And the 5G potentially will interfere with the ability of the planes or the jets to do that backward thrust. And they would 
be relying only on the brakes when they land, potentially. And my second thing I want to ask you about, because the Book of Enoch is kind of long, where would I look in the Book of Enoch uh, for what you're saying that specifically relates to, you know, this topic? Uh, The first question, you have to ask a a pilot more so because you're talking about uh, different elements of the plane. And I can give you an idea, but may not be 100% accurate. Uh, the second question is, I've read that almost 20 There it is, George Norrie himself. Thank you for who called in and mentioned. That's awesome. I love Coast to Coast. That was Joe from Long Island. And I'm going to put in the show notes where I got that piece of information. It was an article, and I'm going to read you the quote right now that I had um, where that came from, it was from our show on January 18th, 2022. And it said the Federal Aviation Administration said Friday that interference could delay systems like thrust reversers on Boeing 787s from kicking in, leaving only the brakes to slow the jet that could prevent an aircraft from stopping on the runway. So that's that's where I got that. I just want to make sure that People have reference for that. I wouldn't want to get that kind of an awesome shout out and not be able to back it up. I always try to back this stuff up. So there it is. Thank you, Joe. Beautifully said. He obviously was doing that for us. It was very That was awesome. Thank you very much, Joe. And thank you, Monica, for your news and insights. You guys can find us at thepropreport.com or on your favorite podcasting app under the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we were telling you about, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. We will talk to you guys tomorrow or in the DMBXR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.